The dynamics of momentum. The dynamics of momentum. All right, the dynamics of momentum. I'm gonna write this on the board. Our Father and our God, we again thank you and we honor you. We pray that Jesus, the teacher, uh, would be with us tonight to explain, to give understanding, and to help us to grow in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, and so that we can begin to not only grow in the knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, but uh, more uh, importantly, not just a head knowledge, but Lord, we want to know you. We want to be intimate with you, just as the Apostle Paul wrote to us in Philippians chapter 3, that we may know him, the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection being made conformable unto his death. So, Father, we pray that you would just help us and mold us and transform us and conform us to your will and to the image of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So again, welcome tonight. We're excited about starting a new uh, series of teaching. Uh, we're going to be talking again about the dynamics of momentum, uh, the dynamics of momentum. I'm going to do my best to uh, take my time and explain this. Uh, hopefully by now, you know, I'm a little um, outside of the box, at least I think, perhaps, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I have some props up here that will help to assist me um, in uh, the presentation of tonight's class. Uh, so hopefully it'll make sense here in just a moment. So the purpose of uh, this particular series of classes uh, is to, number one, recognizing, creating, building, and maintaining momentum in our lives. Is to recognize, create, build, and maintain momentum in our lives. That mic sounds really good, by the way. <laughs> Some little things. So we're, we're here tonight to begin to recognize, create, build, and maintain. Everyone say maintain. Maintain, maintain momentum in our lives. Maintaining is, is going to be a big piece uh, because it, momentum is something that we all like. Oh, we have momentum. But a lot of times we don't know how to maintain that. And so tonight, uh, we're going to begin helping us to, to maintain it. Uh, also, we're going to also want to begin to overcome the obstacles to momentum. Because there are some things that are thrown in our way uh, that will impede momentum from being activated and active in our lives. So really, if I can just sum it up, these two things, and I, actually I probably could have broken up the first point, um, but recognizing, creating, building, and maintaining momentum, and also overcoming the obstacles to momentum. Our definition for uh, momentum, our working definition, is the force or speed of movement. The force or speed of movement, uh, also the impetus or drive of a thing. The force or speed of movement, the impetus or the drive of a thing. Some synonyms. Uh, for momentum uh, would be drive, would be energy, uh, impulse, uh, propulsion, 
uh, I, I believe also uh, engine is also another word for momentum. Um, but it is the force or the speed of movement, the impetus or the drive, okay? The scientific formula for momentum is mass in motion or momentum equals mass times velocity. Okay, I know we're not going back to ninth grade science class. Uh, maybe we are for a few moments, uh, but it, you know, of course, well, it's gonna make sense in a moment. But it is mass times velocity. Mass in motion is momentum, or momentum is mass times velocity. What's another word for velocity? Speed, exactly. Speed or the rate. Okay. What's another word for uh, mass? Weight, right. Weight or an object. Okay. So that's good. So you, maybe you guys did pass uh, ninth grade uh, high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, but that's that's the scientific formula is mass times velocity or the weight. How basically how fast a weight is moving. Okay, how fast a mass is moving. How quickly an object is in motion. That's what uh, momentum is. That's how we measure momentum. It is, is also measured in uh, SI, uh, SI units, uh, so-and-so over kg, kilograms, et cetera, and et cetera. Um, or uh, you're, you know, we understand this from a practical standpoint, as if you're running and you run to a wall, <laughs> you experience momentum and the force of hitting that wall is directly related to the weight or the mass of however much you weigh times how fast you were going. <laughs> or if somebody pushes you, or uh, you know, or if you, uh, you ever been in a situation where the, the person you're standing next to was pushed and then like dominoes and because they were next, that's momentum. And sometimes you can't stop yourself. You know, we just came out of, uh, you know, this uh, winter and some of us fell on the ice. <laughs> and sometimes you can't stop yourself from falling, not because you can't stop yourself from falling, but because of how quickly you lost traction, the momentum of that had you on the ground quickly. <laughs> okay? Just setting, the, just setting the foundation, all right? So, so that's what momentum is. So the origin of the word momentum literally means movement or the motion of a moving body. It's also related to, and I just want to throw this in there very quickly, it's also, very, it's also closely related to the word moment, okay? A moment, okay? Like a moment in time, okay? So I'll get back to that a little bit later, all right? So we're obviously not referring tonight to uh, high school science, but I'm just laying a foundation so that we can kind of get our gears going here uh, so that we can begin to understand uh, what we're talking about tonight is spiritual momentum, okay? We're talking about spiritual momentum, 
which we have defined as the speed of Holy Spirit's movement in our lives in accordance to our response. You need a bucket? You all right? <laughs> you made this face. I'm like, oh boy. Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah. But it's the speed of Holy Spirit's movement in our lives in accordance to our response. That's what spiritual momentum is. It, it is literally the, the, the rate of speed, the, the how fast Holy Spirit's movement, movement in our lives is in accordance to our response or our cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to you? Yes, no, maybe so. So, so, so in other words, and say it like this, our spiritual momentum is essentially how fast we're seeing the results of the Holy Spirit in our lives based upon how quickly we are responding to the Holy Spirit. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, it's going to make more sense here in, in just a moment. Hopefully, I, I've defined that well enough for you. So watch this. We can have high or low spiritual momentum. We can have high or low spiritual momentum. That means that the rate in which the Holy Spirit is active and getting a response out of us can either be very fast <laughs> Or very slow. I'm not gonna have you raise your hand at this point, but I'm sure all of us can probably testify to the fact that the Holy Spirit has, in some time, in some point or the other, informed us, instructed us to do something, and we simply either just said, No, I'm not doing that, or we have dragged our feet in doing it. Come on. And, and, and if we're more honest, we will also testify to the fact that in those moments, it felt like our spiritual momentum began to slow down. That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Help us, Jesus. But, but, but come on, let's be honest, but, but, but we know, and, and a lot of times, we already know why the spiritual momentum in our life is slowed down. Hey, go do this. Okay, I'll do it when I get around to it. Hey, go do that. Yes, Lord, I'm doing it now. Woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you feel great. Because you responded quickly to the Holy Spirit, you were obedient, you followed instructions the what? The first time, and you, you go to sleep at night and with peace and just a smile on your face, and you, yeah, woo! That's high spiritual momentum. And then we kind of, what's next, Holy Spirit? That felt great to be obedient to you. Can you tell me to do something I don't mind doing again? <laughs> We have to begin to measure, we can measure our spiritual momentum. And to measure means to determine the scope, extent, and the amount 
of a person, place, or thing. So, and I've been saying this a lot for maybe the last six months, but we, but it's important that we take a step back and audit where am I? Not where's my spouse, where's my pastor, where's my boyfriend, where's my girlfriend, where's my boss, where am I? No, where am I? Irrespective of what they're doing or not doing, how am I responding? Because again, the, the, the rate of spiritual momentum is not dictated by other people. It's dictated in your own life by your response. Okay? Save your what? Self. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. The instruction was given. Get out of the city and don't look back. So what did he do? He got his girls. He got his, even his wife. He's like, we going. Come on, let's get out of here. But his wife said, I just wanted to. I just wanted to see one last time. Uh, <laughs> and she died. And Lot said, you know what? We got some momentum. Come on, girls. <laughs> we we want more mama later when we get out of the city. But we ain't looking back. Right? So, so we have to begin to measure this in our own lives. How quickly am I how how quickly am I seeing the activity of the Holy Spirit in my life? How what's the turnaround for prophetic words in my life? And then we know some things we can't control. But, but, but some things we have to begin to ask ourselves the hard questions. Lord, you, how, I'm reminded of the verse uh, in the Old Testament. He said, how often would I have wished to, to draw you unto myself? Like a mother draws her, a mother bird or an eagle draws her. So it's like, how often would I have wanted to commune with you, but you would not come to me, but you would not obey me? How, you know, the children of Israel took them 40 years to go what could have been three days. Think about that 72 hours versus 40 years. Whew. I'm going to put that on the board. Seventy-two hours versus forty years. That's that's a lifetime. That's an entire generation versus we we going fast for seventy-two hours. Seventy-two hours goes by like this. But you imagine why? Because because they because they they were weighed down. Because they were, because they're, let me go back, because the, the speed of the Holy Spirit's movement in their life was negatively impacted according, in, according to their response. <laughs> Do you believe me? No. All right, keep marching. <laughs> Come on. Do, do, we just want to have some meat. And why can't we just go back to Egypt? 
keep marching. Because I'm going to have to kill an entire general, everybody 21 and under. Johnson, you're the only one making, bro. We, we, we gone, done for. Because we are connected to a generation that does not have spiritual momentum. Connect to a people, connect to a person that is not moving in accordance to the Holy Spirit. Is this, is this making sense so far? So let's look at some examples. Look at some other examples. Okay? Some examples of this. So the, remember, what is our equation? Mass times what? Velocity, right? So the mass, in this example, will be a spoken word times the rate of your response. Uh oh, Jesus. <laughs> so God has spoken a word. That's the object, that's the mass times how quickly we respond to what has been said. Okay? Or the instruction times the rate of obedience. Oh, Jesus. For those of us who have kids, go wash the dishes. Go clean your room. I, son, did not, and I did this today, didn't I tell you to put the plate in the dishwasher? Didn't I tell you to clean up your room? Why are you playing that game right now? <laughs> Look at Johnson looking at me like, say it's not so. Instruction times the, so, so the momentum of my favor is stopped in your life because you keep, I have to keep giving you instructions over and over and over and over and over again. And it's stopping the momentum of the flow of favor. It's stopping the momentum of my blessings because of how what? How you're responding. Not that I don't love you. It's that the speed of your response, the speed of your obedience is impeding the movement or the flow of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Oh, it's going to get even better. What is the momentum in your marriage? So your marriage is the weight or the mass or the object times the rate of love and forgiveness and et cetera and et cetera. So we have to begin to audit these things and look at these things. The old Jesus, the mass, the local assembly times the rate the vision is expressed. The momentum of a church the church, how fast is the church moving? How do we rate, rate that? By how fast the vision is being expressed. And there's a whole lot to that, but these are just examples, okay? So let's look at some, some, uh, some, some more specific equations. So let's, a little call and response here. So you have a weighty vision and then you multiply that by a slow response. What kind of what kind of momentum you're going to get here? Slow. So you have a really big weighty vision. But instead of saying, let's put some moving pieces in place. Let's respond. Let's start working on this. Well, so big. 
can't be done. How can we do that? We only got released a number. You don't have a big name. Very low momentum. Uh oh. Here's the weight. Here's the mass. It's sin. You fill in any kind of sin you want. But you multiply it by fast repentance. So you sin, but instead of stewing in your sin, you respond quickly by repenting. Your momentum is going to be a lot quicker than you go, oh, I did it again. Oh, I hate myself. Oh, oh I'm a piece of worthless crap. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Right? And then you just stay there. And your momentum in God is slower because you're, because you're not responding to your sin fast. Or, here it is. A prophetic word. The Lord says to you, X, Y, and Z. And then you multiply that with a what? A quick response and obedience. What kind of momentum will you have there? You'll have a quick momentum. The rate in which you see, the rate in which the object or that prophetic word moves in your life is directly linked to your quick response and obedience. I wonder, just let me just indulge me for just a second, but I wonder how often people have said either verbally or in their heart, that ain't a prophetic word. That ain't, I don't believe that stuff. Or that, that was an off word. And the reason they came to that conclusion, some of them, is because they had very low response rates. They have very low obedience to the word of the Lord. The Bible says, believe his prophets and you what? shall be established. So, so if you don't believe the word of the Lord, the momentum, listen, of that word coming to pass is going to be very slow. You don't believe it. So, you know, you'll uh, you know, take it or leave it. It may happen. It may not happen. Uh, yeah. But when, you, but when you take what God has said, take the word, which is a mass, right? Which is an object, which is a weight. And then you put some speed behind it. What's going to happen? It's going to get to its intended target so much quicker. Are y'all hearing this? Okay. Heads up, Javar. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, you can throw it back at me. Now. This is light, right? This is an object. This is a mass, right? But if my target is, is Javar and I do it like this, it took a lot longer to get there. Why? Because my speed was very slow, right? Throw it back to me. But if I, I'm not going to do this. But if I really wound up and I'm like, <laughs> it's going to take, it's, it's going to get there quick. Right? Now, I won't throw it hard at a person. But like if I threw it, get Claudia, I wasn't going to hit you. <laughs> but if I threw it hard, I got you awake now. I got you now. But if I throw it hard, right, 
it's going to get to its intended target a lot faster. Why? Because of the speed behind it. I hope I hope this is making sense to you. So so I'm just trying to help us to learn how we can create momentum by how we respond. Okay. I didn't want to go here this fast. But oftentimes, when we are experiencing momentum, let, let's be honest. We think the, that the momentum that we are experience, experiencing is, is luck. Or not maybe luck, but maybe, uh, ch thank you, chance. Oh, we just, we got momentum. Oh, we, do you feel it? I feel it. And it's just kind of, we just kind of stumbled upon it, right? But what I'm trying to get you to see tonight is that you and I can create momentum by our response to what's going on. Uh, I'm trying to help you see that we play a part in, in what is happening with momentum or not by how we respond, by the rate in which we respond in. Okay, this is making sense so far. It's going, we're going to see it. It's going to make good sense. So here, here is the weight. Here is the mass. A great prayer life, oh Jesus, times slow obedience. You're going to end up with low-level momentum and, and really high levels of frustration. Because you might have a great prayer life and you can talk to God and, and God is talking back to you and, and you're getting revelation and you know what to do. But because of a low obedience or slow obedience or a low rate of uh, coming into agreement with what God said, you're not seeing the manifestations of your prayer life. Does that make sense? Okay, maybe that's just me. Okay, all right. Thank you. Let's make sure. So, so this is why... Momentum is important because it will keep us out of frustration. Oh, Jesus. Don't raise your hand. But how many of us have just maybe raise your hand in your heart? You know, how many of us have been frustrated because things aren't moving fast enough in my life? Oh, I wish I was farther down the road than I am. A part of that, brothers and sisters, has, has less and less to do with chance, like Claudia said, and more to do with our response. You'll be amazed. Maybe you wouldn't, but maybe you would. As a pastor, I am privileged. i got to be careful how I say this. You know, anniversary's coming up, so I always get kind of reflective, you know. Anyway, as a, as a pastor, you might maybe be, be, be surprised with people... Who, who, Lord, help me this. Maybe Lord can't give me my words. I shouldn't say it. But let me say it like this. If you pray, and if you are obedient to what God tells you to do, you will have less frustration in your life. That was so nice. That's not what I really wanted to say. But if you pray, if we do what he tells us to do, Believe it or not, we'll have peace. <laughs> so instead of waiting for spiritual momentum to happen upon us, 
What I'm saying is we can, we play a big part in the momentum or listen, or the speed of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives by our cooperation. I just wanted to have, well, what did he say? Let, let me tell you something. Lord, help me to say this with grace. God does not play emotional games with us. God is not into playing uh, mind games, as it were, with us. What I have found out is that God will remind you of what he's already said. And what happens is, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, what happens is we are so connected to how we feel that we think that God has forgotten about what he said. We don't say it, but subliminally, in our subconscious, we, we feel like something we got to remind God. I, thank you. And so when God is not moving as fast as we want him to move, we catch feelings and feel like maybe we didn't hear him. And why was the use of praying? And I don't have no momentum. And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. But then something good happens today. Lord oh, is so good. He's just so faithful. But he was always good and faithful. He 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 was always a man of his word. <laughs> Help us, Holy Ghost. So let's get into some some scriptures here. So so one of the things that we have to begin to be mindful of. Is my mic still on? I didn't think so. <laughs> it, it felt different. What happened to my mic? My battery died? It did. I was in the pocket. <laughs> That's why I record on my phone. That's my backup. Oh. All right, let's get this popping. All right, there we go. All right, y'all can still hear me back there, right? Oh, yeah. All right, there we go. So anyway, what happens is we have to be mindful of the first part of this equation of momentum, which is weight. Right? So what is a weight? The determination of the mass or the heaviness or the density. A few, about two years ago, remember, we did a whole series on weights, measures, and capacities. So, so, so we have to look at our weights. What is weighing me down? What is keeping me from moving forward? Remember, what is, what is momentum? Weight times velocity, right? So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us do what? Any Bible readers? Let us run 
with endurance the race that is set before us. So if I'm running, what does that what does that denote? Speed or velocity, right? So he says, let's lay aside. Remember, what is momentum? Weight times velocity equals momentum, okay? So he says, lay aside the what? Weight that does so easily ensnare us. We're going to come back to that. And let us run the race uh, with endurance. Now, let's look at this. I, I, I love this because this word ensnare means to any, anything that skillfully surrounds us. <laughs> and here's why I really love this verse, because it makes a distinction between a sin and a weight. Don't raise your hand. How many of us have been in conversations with somebody and said, and, and, you know, and you're lovingly saying something to them, or maybe it's been you. Well, it ain't a sin. I can't find it where it's wrong in the Bible. <laughs> you, you can't tell me I can't do it because there's no place in the Bible that says I can't. Okay. But is it a weight? I may not be able to outright condemn what you did or say. I can't find the verse in scripture, perhaps. But is it a weight? Is it helping you to run? Uh, I was listening to Dr. A.R. Bernard last night, and he was giving some of his testimony before he got saved. He used to uh, <laughs> he used to sell weed, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. He used to sell weed as an adult, working at the bank. Yeah, anyway, it's on the Breakfast Club interview, but anyway. So he was talking about, he was talking about, you know, but uh, he was talking about his testimony in another message I was listening to, and he was saying how uh, before he got saved, he used to get drunk and, you know, all this other stuff, and they were asking him about... Uh, you know, he was saying there are certain things that I don't do, not because it's necessarily a sin. He said, it is my personal consecration. And he said, I don't, because he was doing an interview with Fox News and he was talking, they were talking about mega pass and stuff like that. And he said they were, he said that they were kind of leading him into, and he was, they thought that he was about to say, yeah, my Bentley is parked outside or something like that. And what he was saying, he said, I can afford any car I want to drive. He said, but, I'm, but, I, but I don't use all of my liberties. And his point was because I don't want to become a stumbling block or a weight to somebody who would look at me and not come to Jesus because of what I'm doing. And he went on to say, he said, God wants you to be rich. God, he, said, he said, I want everybody in here to be millionaires and buy 10 Bentleys. And he was serious. I mean, he was he was serious. We were talking about marketplace ministry. And he said, but because of where I'm at, I can't do that. I choose not to do that. And he wasn't condemning anybody who did that. He was just making a, a, a statement of maturity to say, I know who I am. I know where I pastor. And I know that maybe I can do this, but it's probably not best that I do do it. 
And what is he saying? He's saying, I don't want to become a weight to somebody else. And, and this is, brothers and sisters, this is maturity speaking. Because we've got to be able to identify weights in our life. We're talking about momentum. We're talking, oh, I'm dry. Oh, I can't hear God. Oh, what's well, examine? What are some weights in your life? Weights could be a television show. Did I say it's wrong to watch a television show? Nope. A, a weight could be the company you keep. Did I say become an Amish person and live in isolation? Nope, it's not what I said. A weight could be the style of music that you listen to. Did I say you have to listen to Mahalia Jackson 24-7? Nope, that's not what I said. <laughs> a, weight, a, a weight could be could be anything that is skillfully surrounding you, keeping you in a place that would that would that would impede your momentum. God help me here. This is why when we fast, we hear God so much better. <laughs> not because he's oh you're going to fast I'm going to talk to you now no it's that we don't we're not concerned about and fantasizing about the, the Big Mac or we didn't eat so much or that we become tired and sluggish and he's always talking to us it's not that eating is a sin but what we're doing is in that moment we're laying aside the weight that watch the, what the Bible says and the sin that's so what? Easily. What does it mean for something to be easy? Without no difficulties. No resistance. I love that. No resistance. So you're literally opening the door for something to ensnare you. Not, listen, not by your sin, but by your weight. Hmm. And let us run with what? Patience or endurance. So, so how, listen, if, so, so my running, brothers and sisters, is like this. This is why I got here. So, oh, this is heavy. So, here's the weight that you're carrying around, right? You're not going to run as fast carrying around weights, lugging stuff. And not, not, notice what he said. He said, run with what? Endurance. So this was not a sprint. <laughs> uh, this wasn't a quick race. This was a marathon. And you're not going to be able to effectively run the race that God has given to you with slow down momentum trying to carry on weights and baggage and stuff. And what happens is, there's nothing wrong with video cameras, no. There's nothing wrong with nice frilly pillows. No, I can't condemn nice frilly pillows. There's nothing wrong with uh, African shea butter. Oh, I got that right. Anyway, uh, there's nothing wrong with these things. But when you are in a race, right. You want, I love what he said, the least amount of resistance on you. You don't see those runners out there with no starter coats. Y'all remember starter coats? No parkas, no triple fat goose. <laughs> Taking y'all back. 
No, they have on tank tops, shorts, spandex, you know, uh, the swimmers. Y'all, you know, the, coming into Summer Olympics. You know, they have on uh, caps on their head, you know, for those who have hair, right? To cut down what we call what? Drag. Because they understand my goal is to get from this end of the pool to that end of the pool with the past path of least resistance, and I will win the race if I get there quicker than anybody else. So I'm going to look for every advantage that I have or can legally get to get there. It's not against the rules not to have on a swim cap, but they say, hey, if that's within the rules, let me use what I can to cut down on drag to get to where I'm going. Are y'all hearing me tonight? So, so we have to audit. I feel stupid carrying a pillow. So we have to audit what weights are in my life. It's not a sin. But see, but see, that's the cry of the immature. Oh, God. You can't tell me because I can't. You try to be holier than Jesus. All things are lawful for me, but not expedient. Because guess what? And I've said this, and, and, and I'll say it again. And Dr. Bernard said this. He said, your level of impact in the kingdom is closely related to your level of believability. How can you be effective and have influence if we don't believe you? Because if we look at your life, you're this, you're that, and you're other, and you're telling me to be something that you're not. Listen, not that you can't be telling the truth. Maybe you're telling me the absolute truth, but I'm, it's, it's harder to receive what you're saying because I'm questioning, do you even believe what you're saying? Because I'm listening to your words and looking at your lifestyle. Do you believe what you're saying? Do you, do, are you just, are you a puppet? See, I'm talking about momentum. I'm talking about you and I can create momentum by our decisions. We don't, okay, let me bring it. We don't have to wait till IDCon. We don't have to wait for anniversary. We don't have to wait for a special event. We don't have, you don't have to wait for Sunday. To get momentum in your life. You don't have to wait till Wednesday night. You can get momentum on a, a Monday night at 738 in your bedroom. You can get momentum going in your life at 730 in the morning on your way to work. Why? How? By making a decision to lay down some weights. Let's keep going. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 25. Is this helping anybody tonight? The, the dynamics of momentum. We can create momentum. Momentum is weight times velocity. We can create momentum. We can create it. We can impede it. We can increase it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 25. It says this. These are Jesus' words. Agree with your adversary quickly 
while you are in the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officers and you shall be thrown into prison. Agree with your adversary. How? Quickly. So what is what is he saying here? If you have an adversary, obviously there is a problem. Number one, <laughs> there is a disagreement. There is opposition. There is a weight. There is something that is resisting you. So there is your mass, right? There's your weight. But then he says, agree with them how? That is your speed. Why? Because he's saying that the momentum or the velocity in which you agree with will help prevent you from going to jail. Mm -hmm. Am I in the book? I don't. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of us don't raise your hand, <laughs> are in relational prisons because we won't agree. Don't raise your hand. And not only agree, but agree quickly. I ain't looking at nobody. Sometimes we got points to prove. Sometimes we know the other person is right. But we don't want to, we don't want to let them know that we know that they're right. So we'll hold out for a few days. And try to punish them. Try to try to try to try to prove a point. And instead of doing it quickly, what happens is you are allowing bitterness, you are allowing unforgiveness, you are allowing uh, resentment, you are allowing all kinds of stuff to have access and begin to fester because you're not dealing with the issue quickly. Says, he said, agree with your adversary quickly. Come to a resolution. That doesn't mean that every, oh, you're right. Oh, you're right. That doesn't mean that. But that means come to a resolution. Find out the, what's the problem and deal with it. So that the momentum of the relationship can keep going. Is this helping you? Let's go to Luke chapter 16. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the enemy within. <laughs> That's a whole nother. <laughs> uh, stay focused, BT3. Stay focused. Luke chapter 16. I will not chase that rabbit trail. I will not chase that rabbit trail. I know, but but there's so much more to that. Because oh man, you made me do it. Because here's the thing. Some of it is an illusion, and all of it is in your mind. Because if we died with Christ, if we are buried with him, if we are a new creature, and I mean this seriously when I say this, and it's just this food for thought, 
and, and a lot of times we take that scripture out of context. I die daily. That's not what the Apostle Paul, he was not talking about crucifying your flesh daily. Go read it in context. He was saying, I am facing death every day because of where I'm at physically. So the reason why I said some, some of it is an illusion and all of it is in your mind. Because if we believe that our life has been hidden in Christ, if we believe that we have been regenerated, the struggle really is in how we perceive ourselves and in what Christ has done for us. So is Jesus going to get back on the cross and die for your sins? No. No. That's been settled once and for all. Hebrews chapter 12, we just read it. Lay aside every weight and the what? He told you to lay aside the sin. Oh. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. I just can't help it. No, you can't help it. I just didn't know what I was doing. No, you have the Holy Spirit who is talking to you right in the midst of you returning that text you know you shouldn't be returning. No, 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 no. You, no, 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 no. You are believing a lie. About yourself. That's true. Amen. Amen. Help us, Holy This is why he said, if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, not when you sin. <laughs> you don't have to sin. Amen. Amen. Your sin is a choice. This power of sin has been broken. We are no longer slaves to sin. Either you believe that or you don't. But the problem, the problem is we are immature. And our minds has not been renewed to that fact. So sin does not have a right to dominate the life of the child of God. Amen. We can choose to sin, but we don't have to sin. So who's really the enemy? <laughs> Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 1 through 10. And, and this is why you're at empowerment church. Because when you take the excuse that you, you can't sin, you can't hide that, you can't help it. That's a lie. You have the choice. I, I'm no, we, and we sing the songs all the time. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. And then we get in the parking lot. Somebody cut us off. That. Well, you made me mad. That's why I'm going up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two hours ago, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, just a quick comment because I mean your example right there was just I saw uh, some definition of anger before and it said something about uh, anger is the uh, the punishment we give ourselves for somebody else's response. Woo -hoo -hoo. I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> wow. Say that again. I just, I just said anger is the uh, punishment. punishment we give 
ourselves, ourselves to somebody else's uh, for uh, in response to what somebody else Jeez. Because really, I love that because really, if we get angry and out of control based upon what somebody else does, what we're saying to them is, here, take control of me. Here, here's my leash. Do people do irritating things? Yes. But that's based upon how you perceive it and what you allow them to do. I have to get, I'm listen, you, you can have your life. You heard that? Oh, thank you. Right. One person got that. That was for you. Amen. All right. Okay. Luke chapter 16. I'm back. I chased the rabbit. Okay. He's, he, he's in the cage. All right. For now. All right. Anyway. All right. Luke chapter is, is her fault. Y'all just blame Lady Clinton. I, could, I couldn't help myself. I just had to chase the rabbit. I love y'all. Chapter 16, verse 1. I keep saying that eight, ten, eight times. And he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who, who had a steward, and, a, and, a, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. <laughs> so he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account to your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Verse 3. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? My master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to them and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, listen, I want you to pay attention to this. Take your bill and sit down, what? Quickly. What's it talking about? Velocity. Quickly and write 50. And he said to the other, how much do you owe? And he said, 100 measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly or wisely or with prudence, Right? For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. That's an accusation. Okay? So he's saying, what, 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 are we, what am I trying to point out here? That quick agreement with forgiveness can quickly eradicate debt. I'm going to say that again. Quick agreement with forgiveness or settlement can quickly eradicate debt. So here was this man who owed the rich guy some money, right? So that is the debt. That is the weight. If you've never been in debt, you don't understand weight. <laughs> anyway, so that's the weight. I don't have the money to pay it off, right? But here comes the manager's like, how much do you owe? Well, I owe a uh, hundred. All right, do this quickly. You don't have a hundred? Right, 50, we'll, we'll, we'll call it settled. What is my point here? If we can move with speed to agree with a settlement or an agreement about something, it can get rid of the weight that you're carrying so that you can have momentum again to keep going about your life. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay, let me bring it practically. Sometimes we want a whole full-blown five-hour conversation with the person that hurt us. <laughs> and we want to detail every last thing that they did and said. And you, you missed my third birthday because I saw the pictures. And I had on a red dress. And you weren't there in my pictures, Daddy. And then on my fourth birthday, I skinned my knee and you wasn't there for me either. But you showed up on my fifth for Christmas and I was glad because you gave me a little Barbie. And then on January, when I went back to school from uh, 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 winter break and I brought my Barbie to school and they were making fun of me. And when I came home, you weren't there to console me. And I was angry with you. He's trying to say I'm sorry. Release it. Right. Let it go. Because you're carrying all of <laughs> you're carrying all this. <laughs> trying to live your life. And he's trying to, and God in a situation, a person, you know what? I'm sorry. I know I did you wrong. You know what that takes care of? The last 30 years of your life. <laughs> I wasn't there for you. Agree quickly so that you can get out of debt. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Because we, we, we're carrying too much stuff into our next season. We're carrying too much weight. I gotta get this right, and then I gotta get this. Make sure this is okay, and you gotta come with me, BFF. And men don't use the word BFF, by the way, folks. I'm just. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Somebody. So we don't. So are y'all hearing me tonight? So so when so when an opportunity comes to settle the the issue. Agree quickly so you can get out of debt. He said, you know what? I use I know I still owe. I can't pay you all of everything. I can't recount everything I owe you. Maybe I forgot. Maybe I just don't have it right now, but I do have 50. Because I've got to get out of this debt. So what am I saying? We've got to begin to, this is how you and I create momentum and we can be released from that weight by increasing our speed. Oh, that's You want one more verse or no? Or questions? Can I keep going? I feel good. I'm going to keep going. If you got to go, got to go. Amen. Praise God. Let me keep going. Let's turn quickly to uh, Numbers chapter 11. I want y'all to see this. This is, this is so good. Numbers chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 1 through 20. I'm going to read it quickly for sake of time. Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. Excuse me, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Then the Lord, then, then the people rather, cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the place uh, Teribah, uh, yeah, 
because of the fire of the Lord was burned among them. Verse 4. Now the mixed multitude were among them yielded an intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who uh, will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the, uh, the uh, onions, and the garlic. But now this whole thing is dried up. Whole, our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except manna before our eyes. Uh, let's skip down to verse number uh, 11. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? That's a weight. And why have you not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? That's a what? That's a weight. I'm carrying the burden of all of these people and they're complaining and, and they're crying out. And, and I'm angry. He said, what are you doing? Verse 12. Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers? He's like, oh my God. He's like, did I, I'm not responsible for all these people. I'm just doing what you told me to do. I was cool in Egypt, uh, uh, soaking up the air condition with Pharaoh. I had everything at my fingertips. You disturbed my entire life, sent me into the wilderness, and told me to go back. And now I've done everything you told me to do. I've opened up the Red Sea. I've done everything. And now they're complaining. Really? <laughs> had to you know, paint the picture for you. That's a weight. I've got to carry all of these people. I gotta take care of their fight, their uh their, their their dietary needs now. Really? That's a weight. Watch this. This is good. He said, kill me here and now. He was suicidal. <laughs> Verse 16. So the Lord said to Moses, gather to me what? 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there, what? With you. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take the spirit that is upon you and will put it upon them that they may bear the burden of the people with you, that they may bear it so that you may not bear it. How? By yourself. So watch this. What is he doing? He is increasing Moses' momentum. He's saying, listen, I'm going to divide your weight. How? How many ways? 70 ways. And I'm going to reproduce you. So the whole weight of the entire nation. So I'm going to deal with the weight. But then... I'm going to duplicate you so that you can have more speed in out there among the nation. So I'm going to increase your speed and divide your weight so that you can have increased momentum. Y'all see that? This, this is so important, y'all. This is this is how this is how God is a problem solver. <laughs> this is how God will increase momentum. I'm not even halfway done, or about halfway done. I'm not going to read anymore. But but I just wanted you to see that because a lot of times we get bogged down with the weight of life, <laughs> right? And what does God do? He says, "Okay, well, distribute the weight. You can't do this all by yourself." 
get 70 people, 70 elders, and I'm going to reproduce you in them so that they can carry the weight with you and so that it will, it will, so, so you, it is, it, 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 it is, it is as if you are 70 people. <laughs> so the speed in which problems get solved is increased because you have been duplicated. I thought that was good. This is increasing your momentum. How do we increase momentum? By, by decreasing weight and increasing speed. Questions? Comments? Yes, sir. This is um, one of the things that I'm glad to talk about this because this is one of the concepts that really has helped me in my walk with God to understand how to move to different levels. Um, one of the things that I have looked at in this is that in, in physics, there's something called inertia. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is, uh, for those who don't know what inertia is, it's the quality of something that is resistant to this change in state. Right. And so that's the reason why, because I, because I, when I studied the scripture that you mentioned about, you know, the weight and the sin, I always wondered, you know, with God, I was like, God, why did you tell us to get rid of weights as well? And God just showed me through that concept, when you are weighted down, that means you are resistant to my change. Mm -hmm. So the more that you lay down, of what I don't want you to have, now you are not so resistant to my change. Yep. So it doesn't, because in inertia, it, inertia is also about how much force it takes to move something, right. how much force it takes to put it in motion. So when I lay down all this stuff, it doesn't take as much of God's force to put me in motion. I was gonna get on force, don't, don't, don't go too far. <laughs> That's next week. But you're right, absolutely. This, it, because he wants us to have optimum momentum. We've got to be able to move with the Holy Spirit and not drag your feet. I'm coming, Lord. But re remember lots. Get out of the city. Okay. Don't look back. Because uh, it's slowing you down. He that put his hand to the plow and what? Is not fit for the kingdom. Why? Because it becomes a distraction. It becomes a weight. Your momentum of getting the job done drastically decreases because you're more concerned about how much more work do I have to do? Am I almost done? I'm tired of eating out here. Get off the field. Just go in the house. You're not ready for the kingdom. You just stay in the realm of church. <laughs> anyway, that's another. Any other comments or? <laughs> just go back in the house. <laughs> go, go, go bless the offering. You ain't ready for the marketplace. Anyway.
Father, we thank you tonight for what our ears have heard. We thank you for what our spirits have felt. Father, we thank you that as we continue in this series of the dynamics of momentum, that you would increase us in our speed, in our response to you. That we'll say yes quickly. That we'll agree with our adversaries quickly. And Father, we thank you for Holy Spirit discernment to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily gets us off track in our feelings, disobeying you, distracted. Father, help. The sins, Father, seem to be easier to recognize. But Lord, I'm asking tonight that you would help us to have an increase of discernment as it relates to those weights, those encumbrances, those things that aren't a flat out sin, but those things that we don't need in our lives. Father, help us tonight to respond to your spirit, to your movement, to your, to your force upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's prepare our hearts to give uh, our offering tonight. Uh, we are in one of the, I consider to be one of the best months of the year, almost March. Uh, our anniversary is at the end of March, March 22nd through uh, the 25th, right? Um, also, 